Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. What is going on, Bills Mafia? What is going on? It is so good. Let me just say it again. So good to have you with me here on the Overreaction Sports Podcast. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, in. Uh, Whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee on the drive to work or at the gym with your AirPods in or even now live on YouTube one more time, let me just say welcome to the Overreaction Bills podcast brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. I am your host, the voice of the Overreaction Bills podcast. My name is Joe Miller, and you can find me on Twitter, as always, at Joe Miller Wired. And you might be asking yourself, well, who is this Market Dominator guy? Like, you always talk about him. Well, I had him on the show a couple weeks ago just a couple weeks ago, but John is a very good friend of mine, and John is a member of Bill's Mafia. John is a real estate broker with Keller Williams, and what you probably may not have known if you are a first-time listener or a short-time listener of this podcast, Keller Williams is the number one real estate broker uh, brokerage in the world, and John is one of the best. He's in the top 10 in Western New York. He can help you actually anywhere Uh, But him and his team are the best. If you've got a home to sell, if you've got a home to buy, if you're looking for a home, if you're looking to change school districts, if something, I tell you what, right now the market is crazy. The the market is legit insane. I just refinanced my house. uh, And what's funny about that whole story is like, I I refinanced it four months ago, five months ago, and my house has gone up in value by $20,000 in just the last four or five months. Here's the thing. If you're looking to sell your house, You've got to have a guy like John on your team. You've got to have a guy guy like John on your side. Call John right now, 716-570-3298. That is his cell phone, his personal cell, 716-570-3298. You can also reach him on email, youreliteBroker at gmail.com, or you can tweet him. He is, like I said, he is Bill's Mafia. He is on Twitter. You can tweet him. His his handle is at youreliteBroker. And now that the business is done, now that the business is done, how are you guys feeling? What's new, Mafia? I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I'm in a bit of a mood. I'm just in a mood, man. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like when I want to say, like, I'm just in a mood. I'm not, I'm not up. I'm not down. I'm not great. Uh, I'm good. I don't know, man. I've just been in this mood all day long and there's literally no reason for it. There's like no reason. It's a gore. Dude, the weather in Western New York right now is incredible incredible i got a sunburn right now granted i'm a ginger <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't take much my daughter mckenna was like dude there's a uv uva like rating of four and i'm like what does that mean she's like that's how much sun you can get in any given day i'm like well, what does it go to she's like 11 i'm like every day is an 11 for me 
I got a little bit of a sunburn. The weather's absolutely gorgeous here in Western New York. And it, I'm just in a mood. It, the weather's gorgeous. Everything is going great. I'm on a new network. You guys are with me. My listens are way up. And even if Joe Marino is sending me joke memes from sunny North Carolina about like what spring is like in Western New York, you know what, Joe? Listen, brother. <laughs> you are Bill's Mafia. And I don't know if you're from Buffalo or not. But I know you just moved from Ohio, and I lived in Ohio for a long time, and it ain't much different in Ohio. So let's just stop with the nonsense. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm just in a mood, and part of that mood for me, I think, oddly enough, is just this whole concept, this whole idea that Bill, that Bill's Mafia has, and it's not everybody. It's just a, it's, it's a segment of you. That somehow the Buffalo Bills every single offseason need to get, quote unquote, significantly better. The reality is, is the Buffalo Bills, they always have a need. Right? There's always a need. And, and we don't ever want to be in a situation ever again going forward, I would say, where like the next step is a huge step down. But Buffalo Bills fans are trapped in this idea that we have to get, quote unquote, significantly better versus just continuing to improve. The Buffalo Bills last year was one of the four best teams in the NFL, a game away from the Super Bowl. There's not a whole lot more that you can do, Mafia. You guys have chirped it back to me. I talked about it all of 2020. We lived in wildest dreams land. So I would pose the question to you, where do you go from wildest dreams land? Where do you go? Where did, what is the next, if, if we lived in 2020 and, and we lived in wildest dreams land, what is, what's the next step? Where do you go from there? Like euphoria? What, it, what I mean, I, I don't even know what to tell you. But I know enough about Bill's Mafia to understand where we come from. And before I go to the next part, I just want you to know that we got Sterling Furrow from Cover One coming on the show. And Sterling is a great friend of mine. We've been boys for about a year now, and he is just him and I connected from jump, and he's going to be on in about eight minutes. So stick around for that. But it comes down to, for a lot of Bill's Mafia, wins and losses, right? The Mafia, by and large, is made up of, made up of segments. I would, I would call it segments, right? Some of the mafia is like, just have a winning team. Be be respectable. Like, there's a lot of you that like will just pile into that stadium. And as long as the Bills are winning and we're nine and seven or ten and six and like make the playoffs, it's great. Like, like, let's just win some football games. It's not a big deal. And then there's a segment of the mafia that's like, let's just, you know, let, let's just win every game. No losses. A little bit unrealistic, if you ask me. And then there's the guys that want not only zero losses. And every single game, we've got to have 500 yards of offense and shutting out every single opponent. And if the former was unrealistic, right, right, that like we're never going to lose a football game. What do we call that? Like, what do, what do we call a situation where if the former of that is like we got to win every football game, no, no, no losses, and that's unrealistic. What is what is the segment of the mafia that wants zero losses, 500 yards of offense? and shutting out every single opponent. If the former was unrealistic, what do you call this? I got, I'll be honest with you, I don't have a whole lot for you. 
and I'll be honest with you for a second, not that I ever lied to you, but in some respects, I get it. I'm a content creator. Every content creator would tell you that there's far more to talk about in a Bills loss than in a Bills win. Sometimes the Bills win and you're like, hey, it was great. They won. Sometimes there's a lot more meat on the bone if they lose, right? But we live in this situation. We live in this space right now, right now in the offseason of 2021 free agency is upon us and there's moves being made, but the bills aren't making all the moves that we want them to move to make rather. They're basically resigning their own guys. And the concerns are, yeah, but we didn't make the moves where I felt they needed to be better. So therefore they didn't quote unquote, get better. Well, the, the wide receiver room got better. The wide, the wide receiver room got better. I, I, I'm not here to disrespect John Brown. I love John Brown. One thing I know, John Brown, two things I know, John Brown does not listen to this podcast. The second thing that I know about John Brown is he's a guy that I want on my football team. John Brown is not only a great football player, but he's, I mean, he's one of us, right? But if we're going to be honest with ourselves just for 10 seconds, Emmanuel Sanders is a better football player than John Brown. He just is. I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to dog John Brown. I'm not trying to not put respect on John Brown's name. I'm just speaking the facts. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. And, and, and we still have this kid, this Isaiah Hodgins kid that we have never even seen before. All the rage out of preseason, what there was a preseason in 2020 was like this Hodgins kid was great. We heard about Gabriel Davis and the fact that he came in and was looking already like a pro wide receiver. And he wasn't being outdone, or I should say he wasn't being uh, like not far behind him, if I should say anything, was Isaiah Hodgins. And then Isaiah Hodgins gets hurt, and then we don't see him for all of 2020. But Joe, the defensive line. Joe, Joe, the defensive line is just like, like, how are we to stop the Kansas City Chiefs with the defensive line? And like, if we don't have like a cornerback, a, a CB2, a real CB2, look, I'm with you. And there, there's aspects of like all of this that I'm with you. But I, I take a great deal of, I don't know what the word is. I take, I just, I have a problem with this idea, this concept that we have to get significantly better. You're talking about a football team that won 13 games last season. What does significantly better look like? What do you want? They won 15 games through the whole season. They won two playoff games. They made it to the AFC championship game. They got their freaking doors blown off them. It's true, but I would, I would challenge you to find me a content creator that would tell you that that version of the Buffalo Bills that you saw against the Kansas City Chiefs was truthfully the Buffalo Bills that we saw for the majority of the season. And I would double down on that if I was in Vegas and I had eights, I'd split them and double down on the fact that the Buffalo Bills tried to pass a ruler in the process of trying to pass a rule that none of their coaching staff or any of their front office people can interview before, or I should say, yeah, before the, the Super Bowl, which is basically the ownership of the Bills going, you know what, our guys kind of mailed it in that week, and it showed. But what about the de defensive line, Joe? What about what what about the defensive line? The, the, the defensive line isn't isn't better. It's it's still kind of it just bleh. It's just kind of bleh. 
look, I'm with you, right? But let's remember this. Inside of all the moves that they made, the guy, guy that they cut, Vernon Butler, is still here. They cut Quentin Jefferson. Mario Addison is still here. Restructured deals. The greatest enigma that we had inside of a defense that underperformed in 2020 was Star Latulale. And I'm the guy that sat on this show and told you if Star Latulale makes that much of a difference, he might be the greatest defensive lineman ever to play football. We're going to find out. Oliver, to his natural position, he very well could be the havoc wreaker we've been pinging or 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 pining about this offseason. I'm the guy. I'm the guy that's like, get me a havoc wreaker. Ed Oliver might be that guy. AJ Epinesa, if he can put 20 pounds on or 25 pounds on this offseason can, and can get back into form. Like the kid flashed a little bit. We don't know what's out there. The Bills definitely aren't done yet. The draft is coming. Free agency isn't over. Like I said, the wide receiver room got better. The O-line, in my opinion, it, it, the RBs, because of the O-line, got better. We're going to save that because Sterles and I are going to talk about that in about two minutes. The Bills added Jacob Hollister. I know a lot of you don't know who he is, but he's a nice player. J- you know, Josh has familiarity with him. But as I told you, this team won 13 football games in the regular season last year. 15 total football games through the season in 2020 with the playoffs. They went to the AFC Championship game. There's really not a quote-unquote significant leap to take. We lived in a world with this football team, 7-9, and 6-10, and 10, garbage football teams, 8-8 eight and eight maybe once in a while if we were lucky. For 20 years, I think we had a 9-7 and seven in there once or twice. But the reality is we've lived 20 years as Bills fans. Some of you have never seen this team win until this last year, and all we've ever known is like they've got to get significantly better. I want you to, I want you to hear me for a second. We're at a point where it's – Right now, it's more about marginal steps. Getting marginally better when you're 13 and three is acceptable as long as you're getting better. Getting marginally better when you're seven and nine is bad. It's infuriating. It's nauseating as a football fan. We've lived in that space for 20 years. I'm here to tell you we are no longer living in that space as a franchise. So I'm not asking you to bring your hopes down. I'm just asking you to reshift your focus from significantly better to marginally better. Marginally better might be all that it takes to get us over the hump. And right now, what I want to do is I want to bring in my guy, hey. my brother from another mother, Sterling Furrow. Sterling from the Cover One Podcast Network. Sterling, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good, man. But like, I got to ask, like, who hurt you, baby? who who hurt you tonight i started with i'm in a mood did you not hear me say that i'm 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 in a mood you in a mood you you in a mood for sure i'm just i just i'm just in i'm just in a mood it's okay to be in a mood once in a while right no you're right you're right you're right i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you have that because you know (laughs) you got you got fans out there thinking like oh it's a daddy hit mommy moment like it's like a little serious in the room dog a little serious in the room okay (laughs) so i'm I'm here i'm here to bring the fresh air as you know you always do and that's what i love about you and and do me a favor real quick top of the show 
or start start of you coming on. Let's uh let's give it let everybody know what you do, where you are, how to find you, what like like all the good things that are Sterling Furrow. Tell us, tell us a little bit about Sterling. All the good things. I mean, I could literally take up the whole hour if you really want me to do that. <laughs> show over. <laughs> no, <laughs> show over. My head is just filled up the room here. No, uh, I'm at cover one. Uh you nice, know, my, nice. my tag is Furrow Sterling on Twitter. You can find me there. Um, you know, cover one's great. I do work there. Uh, scouting academy. I'm learning the game, learning the ropes. But you know, I'm, nice. yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to catch up to you, man. That's oh, all. Come on. Dude. I, I'm, you know, <laughs> I don't I'm know trying to catch up, bro. I'm just trying get, to catch up. I don't, I don't even know what that means. Like you get there's there's guys that have it. Sterles, you're one of those guys. Like, I mean, it's like I don't I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, like I wish I wish that I had the scouting academy stuff that you have. There's an aspect of like I just don't know what there. It's like. I don't know where my I don't know where my, my brain and my emotions would go if I actually because my fandom over like overcomes everything right and then it's like and then it's like my fandom has to meet the truth <laughs> that's where I get kind of lost I've said it a hundred times like I'm glad that my show airs on Mondays after the football game because by like Wednesday Thursday you guys couple yeah, one yeah. Greg Thompson Bruce all you guys have had got it all figured out know what really happened was and then at that point in time it's like well I, I'm done overreacting because like everything <laughs> I thought and felt is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. So, you know, we uh, it's the Hoof podcast. You know, we have the Hoof yeah. Live on Tuesday nights and we have our pods Solid. on Friday that that that, uh, that pops. So, yeah, like, subscribe, do what you got to do. Check us out, you know. But uh, we're all a community. There's no pod wars here. We all good. No, I, we think all that's good. What, I think that's one of the best things about just like what you just said, the pod community. Like, like I don't know that I don't know that content creators we don't talk about it enough. And I don't know that the fans realize that like, we're all bros. Like we're all buds. Like all of us respect each other and we all get along and we all have a lot of fun together. And like, we're all in like chats, like group chats together. Like it's, which is really kind of cool. So, but yeah, but uh, so Tuesday nights, right? Tuesday nights is when uh, you guys are live. And then yep. uh, what day does, and it's Friday, the pod comes yep. out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. You, Eric, Anthony Romeo, which is uh, Chris Brown's brother. That's right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's crazy. That man's crazy. King of the champ stamp. It, it's yeah. not. It's not verified, but we believe that Anthony's got a champ stamp. If it comes out of my mouth, it's 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 Bible. <laughs> it's truth. Okay, that's all I'm going to say to that. That's right, right. So, so let's get started with this thing. So, I, w- w- I, I, I baited everybody here with the fact that we're going to talk about some fun stuff. And as much as I said, we're going to talk about the O-line of the running backs. We're actually going to start in a different spot. We're going to start with backup QB. I like a lot of content creators. Spent 2020 and a lot of so far this this offseason pounding the table for an upgrade at QB2. It's not a situation of not liking Matt Barkley. And what's funny about the surprise that happened, I think it was on Thursday, the, you know, that surprise, it wasn't a situation of like, you know, like we don't like Matt Barkley. Like there's a lot of people that came out like, I love Matt Barkley. I want Matt Barkley on my team. I like Matt Bar- Barkley too. It's not, it's not a situation of I don't like Matt. I think Matt's got a, he's a great dude. He's been, he's done a lot for Josh Allen. His family is great. He's a part of Bill's Mafia. He loves Buffalo. But the reality was, is I was not confident, and I don't, I, clearly the Buffalo Bills weren't either, that if somehow the Buffalo Bills had Josh Allen get hurt for four games, six games, that Matt Barkley was not going to win them half those games. So the first thing I want to ask you is, what was literally your first thought about hearing the Trubisky news? <laughs> I start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> what? Break that I, start, I start laughing it's just because it's like, you know how you know it's like uh it's like irony. Okay. You know how you know how like you were in uh 
in middle school, you're probably the ugly duckling, right? I am. I'm a redhead. Okay. And then you get you get to high school, college, and, and the girls are like, damn, like, who's that? It's kind of like <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky versus Josh Allen. Everybody thought, you know, a bagging on Josh, remember all the comparisons prior to the season because yeah, their staff yeah. were very similar. And they kind of are similar in a sense. But if you look at the film, you see Josh's yeah, far and better. It doesn't even compare. It's different. And it's like so many people wanted to peg Trubisky as a much better quarterback than Josh Allen prior to the season, not in Bill's community, but just nationally. Yeah. And so just to see the success that Josh has had and then Trubisky coming in, I'm just like, I'm just sipping my tea. I think you and I were talking on Twitter when it all broke down. Right. We and were. I'm, just, I'm just laughing. I'm just you laughing. Said a, you said a comment that was like, holy crap. <laughs> like you, you messaged me, then I messaged you back. Like, did you see this? So yeah, yeah. It, was like, it was crazy. But from I'm I'm okay with it. I think Trubisky is a he's a good backup quarterback and nothing yeah. more than that. Not he doesn't um no, right now. Right now. I mean, he he's got some work to do, you know, he's got a lot of work to do. I don't think his situation was great either for, as far as what they asked him to do. And I think he has some shortcomings. Uh, you know, his his ball placement, his feet footwork is is really bad at times. Yeah, yeah. You know, the way he processes uh, pre-snap, post-snap is a problem. But in a backup role, barring we don't plan on Josh getting hurt, I think right, right. it's the guy that has playoff experience now, right? Right. And I, so that's better than Matt Barkley. That it's better than Matt Barkley. When, when that news broke, dude, I was literally in Greg Thompson, like get like gift mode. Like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> that's where I was. I was like, what just happened? Like, I, and then it was like, well, we got to wait to find out what the numbers are and freaking $2.5 million. Yeah. Like, uh, hello. Like, uh, like it's, for me, they upgraded that position tremendously. And I love what it does for what I would call the future of, of, of Mitchell Trubisky. Like the idea that he sees inside of himself, you know what, whether he feels it was a toxic environment or maybe he was lending to the toxicity of that environment, or he just needs to, you know what? I just need to step. I can't step away from football, but I need to be in a position where I can just take a step back. I can take a deep breath. I can like, right. Decompress, maybe have a glass of bourbon look right. And it not be like all on my shoulders and yeah. just and like sit and learn and who better to learn from than a kid that has gone from widely being panned as one of the greatest busts in NFL history to being the number three NFL, like the quarterback in the NFL, if not the number two quarterback in the NFL. I just, I think it just speaks volumes to not only his humility. I think it speaks volumes to whoever's behind the scenes in his ear, whether it's his agent or his dad and mom or whoever it is, whoever's close to Mitch going, you know what? This is a good fit for you. And then there's obviously all the conspiracy stuff, too, that talks about, like, well, when Dable ends up getting a head coaching job, does he take Mitch with him, which is possible. It's it, It'll be interesting. I guess my question for you at this point was, and we've talked about Barkley a little bit, do you think that Barkley was a good fit in this offense? It's And I, 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 before you answer that, I would preface it with this. We as Bill's Mafia have been under the assumption that we needed, like, some sort of a mobile athletic running quarterback to be the quarter, like, to be the QB2 because that's what Josh was in 18, kind of was in 19, and he shows a little bit of it in 20. I disagree. In 2020, Josh was a, a pocket passer. Do you yeah. think do you think Barkley was a good fit? So what was the what what is the problem with Matt Barkley from what you have seen? So I, I think is Matt Bark so the question is is Matt Bark was he a good fit for the offense? And I would right. say on paper no, not on paper. 
not when you look at uh, today's NFL quarterbacks, he's not somebody that you want as your starter. Right. You know, he, he's he's more of a traditional, you know, feet in the mud. You can't move. You know, he's a statue back there. Right. Joey Bosa, that one play that he goes in for. Was yeah. it Bosa that hit him in the face? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he ain't want no smoke after that. He was like, like he goes in for one play, takes the snap. The offensive line parts like the Red Sea. Bosa comes through and just like pummels him. And I'm like. Dude, what did you say to like that dude? Like the, your offensive line's moms? Like, did you like uh, offend their parents or something? Like, because they just were like, "Here you go, you can have him." Hey, when you chase around Josh <laughs> Allen, you're you're pissed. I mean, you see Matt Barkley in there looking like a turkey, looking like a little snack. I'm eating that up, like. And he did. That's like a bowl of peanut M and M's for me, buddy. I'm tearing that up. No chance. So of course. Oh, that's amazing. Of course. Uh, so, but I think this is where people don't really give Matt Barkley enough credit. It's, I think Dable really appreciated what he had between the ears that he was able to comprehend this offense. And it was great that he's the polar opposite of Josh Allen, right? Because right. he learned how to uh, kind of tone it down a little bit, how to play within the structure of the offense, that's good, how to make it work for him, you know, and then you add that couple with Josh Allen's athletic ability and his, you know, his work off script led to a, a tremendous season. So I do attribute some of Josh's success to Matt Barkley. So it was a brilliant move by Dable and Bean to bring Matt Barkley in, you know, from a, a camaraderie and, and just a, the person that he and his yeah. wife and his family, what they bring to the table. So from a schematic point of view, no, not really, not really. But for he, he brought so much more to Josh Allen. He, he helped Josh Allen put the tools in the belt to not be so erratic and freakishly crazy in certain, t- in certain times because he's the polar opposite. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's the way I look at it. So now I will tell you this though: you're going to be hard hard pressed to find a backup quarterback that throws Charmin to wide receivers. <laughs> he, hey, his balls are so catchable. I can go out there and catch those balls, like the one the, the one that Gabe Davis a, 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 right. against the Dolphins. I mean, right. it's just like you could just like just catch it like Charmin, baby, like that three ply. You know what I'm saying? It's just so soft. The problem, the problem is, and this is, this is my issue all of 2020, like, because like the season is unfolding for us. And and I talked about it at the top of the show, like wildest dreamlands and like overreaction podcast fans are familiar with that phrase. And then, like I said, they chirp it back to me, but the thought of Josh Allen getting hurt kept me up at night. It was like, like, I'm not, I love you, Matt, but no, like, is that where you live too? Did you live in that same space? Or were you confident that he could like do what he needed to do? No, I learned something from uh, a great sensible TV show and movie called, um, I don't know, you might've heard of it. Uh, what, what is the name of it? See, now it just left my mind. Team America. Oh, when he's like, I will never die. Josh Allen, yeah, Josh <laughs> Allen will never get hurt. So I don't even care. He will never get hurt. So you could bring anybody in as a backup quarterback. They're not. They're never going to see the field unless it's my right. book duty. Josh right. Allen will never get hurt. And so the fact that you say that, you better find wood wherever you are. Knock on that, because our guy can't get hurt. We're not even putting that in the universe today. He will well, not get hurt. Well, in that in that theme. We know this is, and we talked about a second ago, uh, a reset year for for Mitchell Trubisky. Um, but if he has to play, from what you've seen on film, what does he bring to the table uh, for this offense? Is he a better fit, I guess, is what we want to know. Yeah, he's a better fit. I think uh, he has running ability. You know, mm-hmm. he can make plays off script. Uh, he throws a catchable ball. He's got a decent arm. Uh, he's got playoff experience. 
I think he's battle tested. You know, a lot of adversity coming. I mean, this is a guy that only played really. We have one year of film on him, really, in college, mm-hmm. right? He only had a limited amount of starts. Um, and I think he does a decent job with eye movement, you know? Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are the things that I can tangibly see from Matt Trubis- Mitchell Trubisky. Sorry. So the, so, no, no, no worries. So, so I guess the question is, is can he win? So if he has to go in for four games, can he win half of them? Yeah. I think you can. And I'll tell you, let me tell you why. Now, if you were to, if if you had Mitchell Trubisky, Josh Allen's first year, no, he can't do that. But if you have weapons around mm. him. Oh, they got weapons. Yeah. <laughs> so he, weapons. he can flourish in this <laughs> offense because he does it. All he has to do is play point guard. Right, I don't right. need you to be special. I just need you to get the ball out quickly into who it's supposed to be, make the right reads, the right checks, and I'm good. He can get you a, a win or two. Yeah, there's, sure. there's there's definitely something in the way that he he plays football that looks different. There's 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 something about you know the Nick Mullins of the world, right? Where it's like Nick Mullins, like completion percentage is just under Josh Allen's, and Nick Mullins, like when he's blitzed, he's right there with Josh Allen. Nick Mullins is not Josh Allen. I don't care what this. I said this all of 2019. There, like stats only matter until they don't. And there's a point with like like that stuff doesn't matter anymore. And like Mitchell Trubisky just passes an eye test for me where it kind of matters, right? So there's just a different he has a little bit of Josh Allen in him. He's not Josh Allen, right? But he's got a little bit of that, like he knows when to go if he has to run. Like you said, he can pull people with his eyes. There's there is some anticipation. He's he's willing to put the ball out there where it needs to be to give his wide receiver a chance. Um I like the signing. I was floored. I was like, like I said, I was beyond floored when it happened. But for me, it was a great, it was, it was just, it was Brandon Bean just showing. I, I mean, it, it prompted the, the, the Mike Greenberg tweet, which was that like, or whatever he said, I don't, I don't know if it was a tweet, but it came out in a tweet that the bills are just like a different franchise. Like there there's, there's 31 NFL football like front offices, and then there's the Buffalo Bills. He didn't say that, but I'm paraphrasing. He was just talking about like how much better the Buffalo Bills are just run than anybody else. So, did you like have a heart attack when when you heard when you hear stuff like that? Because, dude, you remember you remember this, Joe? Like when we were just a laughing stock. Like feels dysfunctional. The Bills oh. were doing it. Like if it was stupid, oh yeah, we were doing it. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to hear and to just be like, yeah, like yo, we we we're smart. Like we right. own that. Right. We ain't doing stupid today. That's yeah. right. I like that. I like peace of mind. The same old bills. Like, yeah, dude. Imagine getting through a season without one time saying same old bills. Right. It, man, it was rough. 20, 2021 might be that season. We had we had that moment against the Rams where it was like same old. And then I guess the Hail Murray, right? Was the same old same old Bills moment. And then there's no, nah, prob- don't do that. Don't do that. Don't-, <laughs> don't do that. That's just that's harsh. That's harsh. But he's right. You know, people. Hey, we do get into that. Uh, we got PTSD, man. Oh, those fans. We got PTSD. And the sooner you realize but- that you can get help. <laughs> I just want to. I'm in a mood. But that's what I'm talking about. That PTSD that the bills got to get significantly better. Where the F do you go from here? They were 13 and three. They won 15 football games. They got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. They have the best wide receiver in the NFL. Where do you go? I know. And it's so nice. And it, it's so nice. It's so nice. You know what's funny, though? We still treat free agency and the prospect and ideas of trades as if we were a 3-13 and 13 team. Right. Because we, we want everybody. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. People are legit. Bills Mo- there's, there's members of Bills Mafia that are legit pissed off right now because the Bills have not like gone out and gotten, quote-unquote, significantly better. 
And it's like, I don't even know what that means. Like it, we're at the point where it's marginally better. You don't want to get worse. You, you need to keep getting better. And you just hope that that marginally better is, is going to get you over that. The bills are, the bills are not looking backwards at the, at the Patriots. They're not looking backwards at the Miami dolphins. They're looking forward. They're looking at the chiefs and the bucks right now. They're thinking super bowl or bust. Right. right? Yeah. And I think you got to look at it too. I think, the mafia does have a point though about being wanting to be exponentially better because the, we weren't exponentially better enough to beat the chiefs. And I think there are some things that, you know, we'll talk about it later in the show, but there are things that the bills can do. I think that can give them a, an advantage or a, another Agreed. dimension to their offense, to their team. So, and then you have the people who are, uh, you know, meticulous roster builders, you know, right, in the bills right, community, right? right. That, that want to take it, uh, step by step and in progression and you know chart it out and and there's a place for them too i you and me we kind of we tend to be on the uh no risk and no biscuit baby you know <laughs> i want everybody can you play I, come on like i got a spot for you like you know that's just how i am so the, the problem is is it is with the covid cap situation there's just i mean i don't i just don't know what people expect what i love i've been pounding the table for havoc reeker i wanted jg watt the dude I just want to win football games, goes to the Arizona Cardinals. You went to the number four team in the NFC West. You clearly are not interested in winning football games. Like, that is not what just happened here. I want to have a creaker. However, inside of the world that we live in, it's limited, right? I mean, there's an aspect of, like, you know what? This might be the year that I hold them, right? Like, like I'm returning 21 of 22 starters. This might be the year that it's like, I'm, I'm going to keep the hand that I got. Yeah, so, that J.J. Watt thing, like... Mm-hmm. I, I would have been okay with having JJ Watt. It's just like I don't I, I play football. I just don't want you to talk. It's like having that hot girlfriend. <laughs> Baby, just don't say nothing. Don't just just do your thing. Wear that dress. Don't say a word. We're good on that. That's JJ Watt. <laughs> Ain't nobody trying to hear about you know you know uh, you know I, I come in here I fight my ass off and I and it, like bro save it like you mean to tell me these cats back here ain't trying like get miss me with all that bro. Now, listen, maybe the front office didn't try, but them dudes that are on that field, they hey, try, they they try, try man. It. Those guys try. They're competitors, man. They try. So it is I, what it is. I think I think the, the shade that he was throwing was more towards the coaching staff and stuff like that and ownership than it was necessarily against his other teammates. I don't know, man. I don't know. No? You might want to check your sources, dog. <laughs> I have no sources. <laughs> you, you got it like that. Check your sources. Ask about old JJ. They'll tell you about old JJ. There's just something to be said for like line. And we are like totally in like, I don't know where we are right now, but like, there's, some, there's just something about Jerry Hughes, Starla Tulele, who's going to command a double team, JJ Watt, and then whoever you put on the outside or Ed Oliver and JJ Watt. Like there's just an, there's only so many fat guys up front. Right. I mean, to me, right. it's like. And if you're telling me that J.J. Watt, I don't know why the hell we're talking about this. If you're telling me that J.J. Watt played 95% of the snaps in Houston, he's going to come to Buffalo and play 65%. So, For like, sure. he's going to be way more rested. Oh, well, things, things yeah, that can work that, out. J.J., you may – when I po- repost this show, retweet it, tag J.J. Watt and said and say, you made a mistake, J.J. All Bills Mafia should do that. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, you were listening to the Overreaction Podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. It's good to have you. Uh, I'm sitting here with my guy, Sterling Furrow, from the Cover One uh, Network, and uh, we're going to transition now to what is a widely debated topic. And I'm, you know, there's camps, right? There's camps inside of this whole topic as it pertains to the offensive line versus the running backs versus the scheme and 
we're going to lean into you a little bit and we're going to try to bring some knowledge to Bill's Mafia and the people that are in the chat and the people that are going to listen to this podcast afterwards because the reality is, is most fans are like me. I know a little bit. Like, I know enough to be wrong when it comes to this type of stuff. But the Buffalo Bills ran a pinch and pull like offensive scheme in 2019. And we saw Devin Singletary be successful and literally Frank Gore, who I believe ran the wide zone most of his career, not be successful in that scheme. 2020, Brian Dable goes to the wide zone, uh, which is what, ironically enough, Gore was actually successful with most of his career. Granted, he's now older or was older in 2019. And every single part of the offensive team is from a run game standpoint struggled. I talked with, and we talk about it all the time. I say it all the time. I talk with John Fina. I, I said, it, it's got to be the running backs. It's got to be the offensive line, or it's got to be the scheme. What is it? He said it was the scheme. It wasn't a problem with the offensive lineman. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss weren't the problem. It was the scheme. What is the difference? Tell my, tell the listeners what the difference is between a pinch and pull, because that's probably not something we hear wide zone all the time. Like ever since Terrell Davis and the Denver Broncos went to the Super Bowl and won, it was like, Whoa, wide zone, wide zone, wide zone. But I don't know that Bill's Mafia knows what that means. What's it? And I know that a lot of us have never heard of pinch and pull. Give me basics pinch and pull versus wide zone. First of all, I don't even know what it means. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, but no, your, your pin and pull. So your foundation is, is based on rules and principles set up. And you're, and you're basically, you're watching the front seven. Um, your linemen have to communicate pre snap what's going on, the assignments and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So basically, to layman's terms, it's covered or uncovered. So, you know, if you're a lineman, are, are you covered? Is someone right in front of you? Or right. if not, then what are you going to do? Right? right. So that usually the, the uncovered lineman usually typically is the one that pulls. Right. Right. And then what happens is the down blocks, right, for, for the covered lineman or the pulling lineman, you know, uh, creates easier leverage blocks. Gotcha. Right. So that's that's kind of the, the whole pin and pull concept, which they ran great in 2019 and mitch morris is like you want to talk about a great pin and pull offensive lineman center mitch morris is that guy he, wait i was he, told i was told mitch morris sucks so that's not who, true who, who said that i'm not saying who uh, but. hey mitch morris <laughs> nah he don't suck he don't, no, suck. He don't suck he don't suck he, he don't suck he he definitely does not suck and yeah. i think i think and i think the um the pin and pull i think it's easier uh yeah. to to comprehend for offensive linemen and you know you don't have I think you can do pin and pull in chaos, right? So mm-hmm. you don't have to have a lot of cohesion in, versus other offensive line blocking schemes. You can get out there and just do your thing. Right, you know, right, if right. you got a great communicator up front, you can, you know, you could play a little bit faster than having right. to uh, think the man's game. So you right, know. for sure. And then and your the inside the, out the, zone, wide zone. Yep. Yeah. So inside outside zone. So if you really want to learn about this, go back and watch uh, the Colts with Peyton Manning how they were able to do that. And Howard Mudd was the freaking OG and how mm-hmm. he put this running game together. I mean, you think of guys like Edger and James, yep, um, yep. you had Joseph Adai. These, yeah, Marshall these Falk, are guys right. that could get to the outside, get to the perimeter, you know, and, and it's based off of cutback lanes. Um, you know, so like the inside zone runs, it's based off of vertical uh, displacement. And then mm-hmm. your outside zone runs is like horizontal displacement. So the idea is to stretch the field, you know, you, you want to stress the entire field of the def- the width of the field in the defense. Does gotcha. that make sense? Yeah, so no, and so, you you want to create cut you want to create cutback lanes for your running backs. And yeah. so I think oh go ahead. I was just say so the, the running back runs to the right or the left until he sees the hole and then just darts. So I'm gonna right. I'm gonna drift and be patient, right, left, right. And then as soon as the hole opens, 
it's it's a Mostert issue, right, from San Francisco. And as soon as the hole opens, bang, I'm through it. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah. you know, so if you're – I think trying to put yourself in Brian Dable's shoes, right – he is a guy, he is a, a thinking man when it comes to being an offensive coordinator. He's always coming up with something different, kind of like Andy Reid. So he's going to go out and he's going to try certain things. Obviously, mm-hmm. And also, I don't think he knew how much of an improvement, how much of a jump Josh Allen would make. So when you run inside, outside zone, right, it, it gives you, it, it creates cutback lanes, but it also gives you stuff like, you know, the bootlegs, the, the speed sweeps that you see Isaiah McKenzie do, right, you know, right. the flash and all those kind of things, right? And it, and it predicates and works off of play action so Mm -hmm. i think you know he's like well maybe if you know if we do something like this you know maybe it'll help josh out a little bit more kind of process and read defenses and so forth because Mm -hmm. in 2019 he he struggled kind of knowing what the defense was coming to him and and i think that you know i don't think anybody really now people can can come out there and say oh yeah i saw josh allen do this but not really i mean Mm -hmm. what he did the jump that he made how not many people can actually honestly say they can, you know, hope it, but actually have like concrete evidence as to why he was going to be better. You're not going to find that many people be able to do that. And mm. so I think he wanted to to kind of give it another dimension, another layer, because at times our running game was very we knew when the bills were running. If you saw <laughs> Frank Gore back there, you knew. OK, right. You knew what was happening. And so Devin Singletary's in there. Light boxes. Right, right. right. He, he ran it, you know, he was almost what five yards a carry or something like yeah. that. Five point two yards. I thought it was three yeah. or four. Five point yeah. two yards a carry, but he was going up against light boxes, you know. So they were trying to dare Josh Allen to beat him, you know, throw guys open, you know, beat yeah. guys one on one. And that was the tale of 2019. So if I am Brian Dable, I go back to the pin and pull. I go back to it. Mm-hmm. I go back to it. No, for sure. And obviously, you know, they brought the offensive line back. And as much as they brought the offensive line back, you know, we're to assume that the Bills are going to revert to that 2019 scheme. And what's interesting about it is like none of these five guys have played together. So when we talk about getting again, and I know I know we don't like the word marginally, but we have to understand what the floor is. The floor is 13 and three AFC championship game. Right. So that's where we're getting marginally better from. We're not we're not we're not staying the same we're not you know falling off we're getting marginally better from 13 and 3 afc championship chip game so if you bring these guys back like this is one of those situations if you bring these five guys back they've never played together but i'll be honest with you all of them are pretty solid i'm not a i have not been a huge cody ford fan i just haven't i don't like him at right tackle he struggled a little bit and got hurt early at guard and like tried to battle through it and couldn't and they shut him down, which was great. And then obviously we saw Brian Winters, a lot of Brian Winters, which I don't understand outside of maybe they felt he was a better fit because Quentin Spain was a, a pinch pull guy. Yada, yada. We don't have to go down that. I know you're laughing, but we don't have to go down that road <laughs> as far as that goes. But the reality is, is the guys that they brought back and the guys that they're getting ready to roll with it seems like our pinch and pull guys. And if they're going to go that direction, there's something to be said that maybe they can roll with Singletary and Moss, right? I mean, can they roll with these two guys? You can, but I don't, do I think you'll get the most out of your run game with those guys? No, I think one of them, in my opinion, one of them has to go. One of them has to go. Now you could keep three. You can keep bringing a rookie. It depends on who you bring in. 
Mm. Right. And we'll, and we'll get to that in a minute, but well, we're getting to that. So I, that's, I, what, that's what they want to hear. That's, that's what they want to hear. So <laughs> I, I think of it like this. I think you have, you know, Deion Dawkins, right? Right. Mitch right. Morse, Darrell Williams, all three of these guys can get to the second level. Right. 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 So, so, so the pin and pool actually works phenomenally with the cornerstone of those three. Now, if we're going off of potential, I think Cody Ford over Ike Botker probably has more, uh, He's a bigger, more forceful, longer, right? He can, I think he can get out in space a little more. Now he's not great in terms of putting him on. If you put Cody for the right tackle, he's going to get smoked. Right, His feet right. don't move that fast. Right. But if you get him going in one direction, I think he's I think he's at he could be an adequate left guard, right? Over Ike Bakker. Well, even even I mean, Eric from Cover One, the guy that founded Cover One, like put the thing out on Dawson Knox. Like Dawson Knox is better in the pinch and pull. Like he put film out there that Dawson was like excelling in pinch and pull as a rookie. Yeah, he Dawson Knox as a in a pinch and pull situation is like a heat seeking missile. Like he comes and he <laughs> dude comes off and he's ready to destroy. Right. And it may not be uh, you know, he may not have all of his tools, right? It may not be pretty, but if he gets his hands on you, <clears throat> he's gonna finish the block. Mm-hmm. Right. Now it just it's just consistency, you know. Can he, you know, can he master you know some of the techniques? Right. 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 If he could do that, along with Jacob Hollister, who is a very underrated skill set i think he mm. gives you a a good baseline of he, he's not great at anything but right. he gives you a good baseline of of average tools good tools right. that you can work with as a tight end right, right? There's, there's familiarity there that is is you can't speak enough about between him and josh allen like you, you grow up throwing the baseball or throwing the football with your buddy and then like you go and you'd like switch schools or something like that and then you come back to the neighborhood and like it's, you're back to throwing the football with your buddy and it's like oh we do have chemistry. Like there's something, <laughs> there's something there that we probably are like not even ready to see is, or, or they're not prepared for like, and not to mention the fact that he's had some decent football games yeah. like, in the NFL, one of them against us. Like he's a, he's a massive dude. Like he can play football. They're going to have to address tight end, but that's, that's another conversation for another day. We go ahead. So if Jacob Hollister played college football, uh, college basketball, he would go to Butler. Like all the cats at Butler, they are fundamentally sound. <laughs> right, like these right. dudes, they ain't nothing special in the layup line. You know, they ain't right. dunking. You know, they just. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he, so, that's that's his skill set. He's just very baseline. Yeah, he's he, yeah steady. Is, yeah, is nothing consistent. wrong with nothing nothing wrong with being steady if, if yeah. anything at the tight end position lee smith was steady like there's something to be said for being steady and steady is kind of what we need but uh ladies and gentlemen you are listening to the overreaction sports podcast uh i'm your host uh joe miller the voice of the overreaction podcast the overreaction podcast is brought to you by the market dominator and it is on the buffalo rumblings podcast network i'm sitting here with my guy sterling from the cover one network uh the hoof podcast if you will and we are going to transition now because you kind of segued it, but I have to like get the little things in there beforehand to running backs, right? We yes. want to talk. All of Bill's mafia is talking running backs. And last week on the Hump Day Hotline, and if you're not watching the Hump Day Hotline, you need to tune in at nine o'clock on Wednesdays because Spence and I have a great time. And Bruce was in there, and like Bruce was trying to take over the show from the comment section. That's a lie. He wasn't doing that, but he was like getting his digs in about you know just running back and like. Dude, I'm with you. Like, you and I were talking, and I even referenced you. It was like, the Bills have brought back the offensive line. Let's go get a weapon. Yes. Let's go get a weapon, right? Like, let's do that. Like, but as far as running backs go, there's something to be said for draft capital, right? There's something to be said for, like, going first round on a running back. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not a huge fan of going first round on a running back, generally speaking, unless 
maybe it's the best player available. Um, I don't know. And there's guys that there's Javante Williams that's out there, right? And that's Bruce says feels that that's the best guy available. Uh, obviously, Najee Harris is out there, and who knows if he's going to last. And then obviously, ETN is out there. So I guess we'll start there. So I'm going to get off my notes. Which one of those three guys you like the best? Travis ETN. Yeah, really nice. So I'm he a is a weapon. Guy. That's he, a weapon. He, he is a <laughs> weapon. That guy he is, is he's a weapon and he's, you know, now people make, make fun of me for this. And, and because, you know, player comps, you know, yeah. player comps aren't sexy in the scouting community, but if I had to go on one, I probably, he's Alvin Kamara. That's his, that's his ceiling is Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right now there is something to be said for here. Here's what I feel about Najee Harris and Javante Williams. If you put Javante Williams at Alabama, mm. Najee and North Carolina, you would say Javante Williams mm. because Javon, I think Javante Williams is probably just a little bit better than Najee Harris. Right, right, right. Um, just a little bit, not not. I mean, marginally, like just a tiny bit. Tiny um, bit. I think where he went to, I think you know, Alabama players get more hype, right? Yeah, yeah. They get a little more hype because of where they go and the success and so forth. Of course, but yeah. you're playing, time. you're playing with you know, the in the best conference with the best talent, right? That that matters. It matters. It matters. You know? What about what about scheme for these guys? What the three of them, what scheme did they come out of? Does does the if if they're it seems to me that like guys that are wide zone guys don't do in other schemes and guys that are in other schemes don't do good like in wide zone schemes. So like obviously Singletary and Moss had trouble the wide zone because they can't really get to the edges. Right. And obviously the offensive line. So what do you know? Have you paid attention to, studied at all? What scheme these guys have been in? Well, so they all come from uh, spread offenses. I, I would say oh. the, so. What are the, what are the Bills I, run? What are the Bills I, run? Yeah, a spread offense. <laughs> a spread. All right. So I, I think you had me in hello. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama is probably uh, in terms of they're a little bit different because they're more of a, a power spread and mm-hmm. how they diversify their run game and their looks and packages and so forth. I think you have a more of a uh, you know more speed at, at Clemson. Right, 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 right. And then North Carolina's right next to him. So Urban Meyer runs, you know this, runs that power spread. Yep. Right. Just like Alabama kind of runs a a power spread offense with some similar pro style looks every now and then. Right. Depending on who's that quarterback. So all three of these guys though are are scheme transcendent. That they can play in any scheme that you put them in because they carry the, the necessary tool sets to be able to do that. Right, these are these are guys that all three of them can can get to the edge. They they have breakaway speed. Now, I think Najee is probably third on that list between the three. Oh wow! Right, I think Javante Williams has more sudden burst than him, and then Travis Etienne blows the doors off. I mean, the, the, that guy gets to zero to a hundred real quick. I mean, yeah. it's one step and it's see you later. It's like deuces, right? So all three of those guys are special in their own right. But I would say so if I had to put them in in top three, mm-hmm. Etienne. Javante and then Najee all in a spread offense here here's my question for you if you've done the research and I, I don't know that you have this is a question that I threw at you what scheme did Devin Devin Singletary and Zach Moss run in college what they come out of they come out of spread they come out of wide zone they come out of something different what they come out of so they they both so Zach Moss came out of a, a zone blocking scheme did he and 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 the thing about that Utah offense is what they had you know tackles that can move in space Long, tall, long arm guys right, that they right, can right. push people around. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, you're already playing in the Pac-12. How many run defenses are any good in the Pac-12? Not, not very many. Mm. You know, so I think Zach Moss is 
uh, stats or what we really think of him might be a little skewed, right? Yeah. Um, he, so it, I think they come from a basic zone. And I think you look at uh, Lane Kiffin was offensive, or he was a head coach That's at right. Florida Atlantic, right? Um, and they ran more of a, uh, you know, that wide zone, mm. that wide zone with Devin Singletary. Now, go ahead. Devin Singletary, you know, playing in that conference, I mean, Lord Jesus, like <laughs> you can run for, you know, 50 <laughs> yards in the game. You know what I'm saying? It, it just, the competition, I don't know, dude. I'm pretty hey, old. Dude, I'm I, fat. I, I believe in you, bro. I believe in you. Okay. I don't care what they say, what your wife thinks. I think you can do it. Right? I would just, I would just try to like, I'd, I'd be like, girl, you know, I love you. Like I would, I try to, I'd like, I'd try to sue them first. Like I'd be like, hey, baby, how you doing? Like you don't want to tackle me. You don't. You don't want to tackle me. Like, I, 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 try to, I try to lull him to sleep with my, with you know, hush, little baby, don't say. Like, and then, then I'd run by him. But no, it, uh, there was a time in my life where I I played a lot of sports. But at forty seven, two hundred and twenty pounds and a bad left knee, <laughs> it ain't happening much anymore. It's rough. <laughs> Dude, they told me they told me like forty two. When you turn forty two, everything starts hurting, and it's like uh, nailed it. Like forty two came, and it was like I'd wake up in the morning, like and my hamstrings were pulled, and it's like, did I go? Did I run a marathon in my sleep last night? Like what Dude, happened? It hurts me right now, and I'm turning thirty eight next Saturday. <laughs> I, I'm, I wake up in pain, baby. I wake up hurting. Hey, doctor just told me I got arthritis in my left knee. Oh. Oh, well, that's that's pretty normal for being a dude. Like, if you played sports, like, I've got that, too. They're like, well, you got some arthritis developing in your left knee. It's like, well, I played volleyball, and I played football, and I played baseball, and I played softball. I, I was a beer league softball guy until I was in my 30s. Like, and then I started playing golf because it was, it was like, and I quit playing softball because it was messing up with my golf swing. But, I, ain't, I ain't trying to hear that, bro. I'm still trying to get to the league, man. I'm still <laughs> trying to get there, bro. I, look, me between me and Joe Marino, we're going to battle it out at right guard for the Bills. Oh, dear. I'm telling you right now, bro. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Oh, okay. Moving on. Anyways, uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the wonderful voice of Sterling Furrow uh, from uh, the Cover One Network, who is one of the co-hosts, the host, if you will, of the the Hoof uh, and the Hoof Live. And it's an honor and a pl- privilege just to have you on the show. Here's my thing. Uh, and I've made a bunch out of it. And there's an aspect to it, it's like, our guys just can't get to the edge, right? There's there's something to be said for like getting to the edge, running sweeps, pitch outs, things like that. And you know, and I, I don't mean to date myself. It wasn't that long ago, but Sterles, I don't necessarily know how like how much you remember, but like I'm a huge Travis Henry fan. Like, but I don't remember Travis running a lot of sweeps. Like Travis was good for like T Hank was like up the middle five, six yards every single time. Bang, like crushing skulls. Like, do we do I? I'm gonna say me. Do I overthink this whole speed to the edge thing? Is it like Raheem Mostert? Is that where it's at? Or like, can we succeed with being more of a tumble downhill for eight yards, tumble downhill for six yards, tumble downhill for seven yards? That's boring. Who wants to do that? It's boring, but I do if it wins. I mean, but still, I, I want some more. I want some pizzazz. Don't tell me that your favorite season <laughs> wasn't when CJ Spiller was just tearing folks up. That Dude, was fun. It was a season. It was oh, one. So- but like. But it was, but what happened? What that's a great place to stop. That's a or start. That's a great place to talk about. Chan Gailey found CJ Spiller and found a way to use CJ that made him unstoppable in the NFL. Unstop that year, he was unstoppable until he got injured. And then, like, new regime, and they're like, I don't know how to use this kid. It's like, what yeah. do you mean? there's a blueprint. Look back at the film last year. Like, stop being so freaking arrogant. Like, look at it. And then the dude washed out of the NFL, yeah. like just gone. 
it's like Chan figured it out. Why could nobody else? Why is that? Why does CJ, why did he have that one year that was just like incredible? And then like, then there was just nothing left there. It wasn't him. I don't think it was a him issue. It was a scheme issue. Was it not? So I think CJ Spiller was, he was a master at his craft in terms of a couple things, you know, speed, his speed was elite, amazing, but elite. he had great vision and he knew how to set up guys. So you look at Travis Etienne coming from the same school. Mm-hmm. He has elite speed. He knows how to set up defenders and take proper angles. CJ Spill was really good at that. Shane yeah, yeah. Bailey is a master of getting guys open in space. In space, he, he knows how to take it. He knows how to take your skill set yep. and, and and put it in his in his system. You know, where there, yep. there are other coaches out there who just want to mold you into what they want you to be. Right. Changeli was like, okay, I'll take you know. This is what you have. Okay, I'll take it. And this is how I'm going to use you. This is what you do best. This is how I'm going to use you. So that's what he did. And that's why we saw CJ Spiller have one of the best seasons ever. Travis Henry and the NFL back then, you know, the athletes today are bigger, faster, stronger. Oh, yeah. Scientifically proven. Back oh, yeah. then, you know, it was a little bit different. You know, every every offensive lineman was 315 pounds. I mean, these guys were massive, yeah. right? And Travis Henry was he he, was, he had great contact balance. And he, had, and he had a he had a great he had a good second gear. Obviously, he wasn't a burner, but he had a great second gear. He was almost like the he was almost like like Frank Gore before Frank Gore existed, right? He had, Frank Gore had another gear, yeah. whereas like Travis Henry was kind of Frank Gore, like yeah. right, just a little bit slower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I think you make a good point. Like I want flashy and fast. I, I, I that's what I want. I think you put that with this offense. Oh, Josh Allen, you. Josh Allen's a dog. Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sant, bro. Emmanuel Sant, Cole Beasley. Give me speed. That's the only <laughs> thing they're missing. I don't care, dude, if you are slow. I don't want that. I don't want slow. I need somebody in this backfield that, that can bring the milk home, baby. Bring that milk home quick because the, the kids prob- got to eat. <laughs> the problem is, is we still then have to come back to the fact, and Bruce brings us up all the time. Bruce Newland brings us up all the time, but we still cannot play man against the Chiefs, which puts us in a soft zone situation against the Chiefs. And if we don't have that guy that can get to the quarterback, that can get to Mahomes, guess what? We're in the same spot. So what do you do? Like, like you gear up, right? And you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to put 45 on you. Like, is that the world we're about to live in in 2021? We're going to try to put 45 on everybody? I don't know. I, and I don't think the Bills honestly know. They don't know. The, I, I think the draft is going to tell us a lot. I mean, they have to get more speed in the back end. That they have to. I loved, I loved the comment that that McDermott made about like you got to keep your fastball. Like yeah. he know he, a defensive head coach, defensive minded head coach knows where his bread is buttered, and his bread is buttered with the number seventeen on one side of it. Like he knows that that is the guy. So yeah. let let's keep that guy motoring and let's keep that guy trucking. Which is odd because like he's a defensive guy, and defensive right. guys don't like to have twenty one points scored on him ever. So here's something that we haven't had, though. If you look at McDerm- just McDermott's defenses, we haven't had a true Buffalo nickel. Mm-hmm. I think if you get a guy that can eliminate tight ends, I don't think you have to worry about speed and manning up because mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. an equalizer, right? right, right. So if, if they can get a true Buffalo nickel, mm-hmm. Taron Johnson improves, right? And then maybe if you want to – Dabble with Dane. Ja- Dane Jackson gives you a little bit more athletic upside than Levi right. Wallace and Josh right. Norman, right? right. You, you don't. You don't have to. You're not going to be going up against you know Henry Ruggs on a go route all game, 
every day, right? Yeah. This is not going to happen. Levi. Not with Levi. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you, but you have to be able to mitigate tight ends. And that's mm. that's it. Like, well, I think the pass rush is okay. It's, it's okay. And right. Oliver, year three, let's go. Like, I need right. Ed Oliver to be pick number nine overall, what he was or whatever. Like, I need you to step up into he's that. He's going to be. He's yeah. Good. I think he's, he's gonna, gonna have a great he's, he's gonna build off of 2019, in my opinion. Yeah, he will. But, oh, what was I gonna say? Uh, you talked about uh Frank. I totally lost my point because you brought up Ed Oliver, but there's an aspect to just uh Henry Ru- What did you say? Dang it, I lost my point. Like I was like, I didn't want to carry this out too much longer, like, but oh well, I lost it. Whew, gone. Like that's that's what happens when you're old. <laughs> what did you say right before you said Ed Oliver? You were, about, ter- you were talking about offense. Dude, now you're making me sound old because I don't know. <laughs> I'm just in the moment, baby. I'm just here. I'm in the moment. He's on the overreaction I, podcast. I, my eyes are here. My he's, eyes are here. He's just he's in the emotional right. overreaction mode. Like, I'm let's not, just, let's I'm not looking down here. I'm, I'm <laughs> your face, Joe. That's all I care about. The words coming out of your mouth, man. Do you understand the words are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> That's hysterical, dude. Um, so let's get back on topic. So we're talking about running backs. Um Real quick, and, and, and about as the brief cliff notes as you could give me, when the Bills view Devin Singletary, and this is what Bills Mafia came here for. This is why they're tuned in. What are Devin's strengths over Zach Moss and vice versa? What are Moss's strengths over Devin Singletary? They're clearly two different guys, although they're both short and they're both a little bit slow, but they're two different players. What is the difference between the two of them, and what do they u- each uniquely bring to this offense? So Devin saying these both are number two backs, by the way. I'll I agree, RB twos. I agree, hundred percent. Yep. Devin Singletary gives you more vision, and I think he gives you more contact balance and the he's ability. Got dead, he's got that dead leg, dude. He drops that dead leg on people right. like that. That Barry Sanders dead leg, and people just like, whoo, and they like miss him. Right. Right. Shit, put you know phone booth. That's yep. cut on a dime. He could do that. Yeah. He do that. Yep. But he's yep. just yep. he's just slow. He's just slow. But sudden quickness, he has sudden quickness. Right. But he doesn't get any faster than that. Zach Mosk, I think he gives you uh, – he's a banger, right? Mm-hmm. He gives you a little bit more, more right. there. Um, I don't know as far as what more Zach Moss is going to give you. Um, I just don't know. Honestly, I think they're very similar backs. I think Zach Moss lacks – he doesn't have the vision that Singletary has. Right. You know, some of his uh, you go back and watch his tape. Like when I watch it, you know, he he missed holes. Yeah. He yeah. missed some opportunities last year. Yeah, so, he, you know, he cut into some players. Do you know what I mean by cut into some players? It's like you could go right. It was basically T. Richard, like Trent Richard type stuff. Like yeah. I can go right and run or I can go left and get tackled. And he like went left and got tackled. Yeah. 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 So may, maybe he improves there, you know. Um, and I think maybe if they go to that pin and pull, I think that'll that'll help them both. But they they're they're RB twos. I, I don't even think, you know, there, there's no debate there. But I think yeah. the Bills need a, a real running back threat back there. I want a guy that can do it all. When we talk about, like, getting marginally better versus getting, like, substantially better, like, we haven't even begun to talk about, like, who is going to take the next step? The, 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 the thing we know about Josh Allen, he took an astronomical, non-human, never-before-seen step between 2019 uh, and 2020. And then, but he still has room to grow. 
Mm-hmm. And then, like, you're going to see that defense take a step with Star coming back, right? There's there's an aspect of, like, and this, like, with Star coming back, what do we know about the, the defensive backfield? The defensive backfield was better with Star on the football field. So even if he's only on there for 45 or 50% of the snaps, they're going to be better for those 50% of the snap, snaps that he's on the field, right? But we haven't even talked talked about, like, the growth that potentially sits inside of that offensive line. If these five guys can find themselves and the coaching staff can put a scheme together that fits them versus forcing them to play a scheme they can't play, which you can back it up to like, well, they just didn't execute. Well, of course they didn't execute. They can't do it. Like they don't have long arms. They're not mobile. Like they're not, those not those aren't the tackles we have. All that to say this, there's a great deal of opportunity just for that marginal step or that like getting better just inside the guys we have if we if the coaches maybe change some things. But I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. I want to finish up with this. We're, we're going to wrap up. If the Bills find themselves staring, and you you said it a second ago, or I should say about 20 minutes ago, if the Bills find themselves staring at one of the three big draft picks, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, ETN, and they draft one at 30, and you and I are like losing our minds, DMing each other, because like the Bills just they went and got a weapon. You said they're not keeping all three. They're not keeping all three of these guys. Are they working a trade for one of these guys? Who stays? Who goes? Who do the Bills keep? So, and this is not to be hot takey, um, but this is just, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. But I think Devin Singletary is probably the one that goes. Wow. Really? Yep. I think, it's, I think you, you can get more out of him. You can get more for him. Right. There's such a division. It's so weird inside of Bill's Mafia. People, everybody, all of Bill's Mafia likes Devin Singletary. All of Bill's Mafia likes Zach Moss, but all of us like one over the other. Right. Yeah. It's not I like Singletary not, over Moss. But if you but bring me ETN, by Devin, like everything that Devin can do, ETN right, right, right. does better. Right? right. You want you want the RB2 that's opposite that has strengths where the other guy has weaknesses. Right, right. Except for a pass blocking. ETN is not a good pass blocker where Devin Singletary can pass block, but that's not the point. Right, 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 right. Gotcha. That's interesting. Very cool. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast, uh, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm sitting here with my host, or my uh, my host. Listen to me. I'm sitting here with my guest. Congratulations, Sterling. You're now a part of my show. <laughs> Come on I'm, over, I'm, bro. I can't be the voice, but I can be a little, <laughs> little sulky, baby. <laughs> nice. With my guest, Sterling Fur- Furrow, from uh, the Hoof, Podca- Hoof Podcast. All of a sudden, I can't talk on the cover one. Uh, network and uh, real quick, uh, do me a favor one more time. We're gonna wrap this thing up real quick. Uh, what are your predictions for the Buffalo Bills 2021? And don't give me like I'm a Bills fan and I'm really really excited. Just real quick, what do you what do you see this season shaking out for the Bills? I think they're gonna go. Uh, let's see, they're gonna win 12 games on the season. Mm-hmm. I think I think they're gonna get to the AFC Championship again, and that's as, nice. as far as I can tell you. I don't, I I really can't, uh, I I don't know if we're going to do enough to be able to uh, supplant the Chiefs. I I don't see the Chiefs have gotten better though. Do you see that? I mean, Sammy's not necessarily coming back, right? That's not guaranteed. Both are, both their tackles are gone. Like, yeah, but Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, he's better better than Josh Allen and that's okay. Josh Allen's still a top five quarterback. Agreed. Agreed. That doesn't hurt me. Patrick Mahomes is on another level. Yeah, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. We talked about right. that in the Chiefs, right? That's right. So, 
Um, yeah, so I would agree with you. I think the Bills, I think it's Super Bowl or bust. I think the Bills probably have the the the, the shoe in. I think it's going to be a, a tougher road this year. I think the Dolphins are going to be better. The, the Patriots are putting together a team. It's like Bill Belichick is sitting there like in New England going, if I'm going to put together an offense that nobody wants to play against, who's that going to be? Well, I'm going to go get two crazy big tight ends, and I'm going to have Cam Newton run the ball forward in Urban Meyer style. Like, literally, that's what he did. And, like, no defense is going to want to play these guys. They're going to be like, this sucked. Like we beat them, but barely, or or they yeah. beat us because we couldn't stop them because we didn't have an answer for two giant tight ends and the biggest quarterback in the NFL, the most athletic quarterback in the NFL that can't throw a football. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. I I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, but uh, man, this was just awesome. Like, thank you for being a part. Of the, thank you for uh for for jumping in and uh, and doing this with me. Anytime, man. You know I love you, bro. You already know I love you. It's much love. I, I love your fans. I love your voice. It's a bromance over here. Bromance. So I will be on anytime you want. Anytime, man. Well, the off season for me is time to have guests on. So you you might be back a time or two. Because I like to ask hard questions. That's what I do with Fina. I try to ask questions that like the mafia doesn't necessarily understand or maybe have answers to. Uh, and you did, you did a very, very, very good job of just kind of bringing some clarity to some of that stuff. So do me a favor before I cut you loose, before I cut everybody loose, uh, one more time, uh, who you are, handle, uh, Twitter stuff, where we can find you, how, when, when you're on, how like everybody listening can find you. Yeah, Furrow Sterling, a.k.a. Sterling's for the girls, as the fans like Girl to say. <laughs> that ain't the I fans. Get, that's uh, Joe, that's Joe Miller and Spence. Joe Miller yeah, and Spence yeah. call you Sterling for the girls. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, but you can find me, you can find me at Cover One. Uh, I'm part of the Hoof Podcast. You know, our, our podcast drops. Well, we have a live show on Tuesday. Podcast drops on Friday. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so that's where you can find me all day, every day. All day, every day. And ladies and gentlemen, my name is Joe Miller. I am... The voice of the Overreaction Sports Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And it was just great to have you guys with us. For myself, Joe Miller, for Sterling Furrow. Uh, it, thanks for being here. Uh, give me a go, Bill, Sterling. Go, Bills. Go, Bills. We'll talk to you guys next time.